This is Wherever It Takes Us, a podcast about everything. I'm Kim Moran, a life coach, mom, horse enthusiast, and entrepreneur. I'm David Codney, a dad, an explorer, an artist, and a lost soul. We've come together because we're curious about life, what it means to be human, how and why things are the way they are, and most importantly, why no one talks about this stuff in real and meaningful ways. Join us each week as we dive into things that we're not supposed to say out loud. We're not experts, but we're real people. Oh my gosh, David. So here we are again. I'm so happy to have you here. Back. We took a little we, we took a little hiatus. You took a hiatus. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I say re is in the royal the royal. Yeah, I know. I was like, no, I'm not gonna go with that. <laughs> um, okay, so you're back. Um, I'm back. You you look fantastic. Our listeners can't hear, but he looks got he's got a really nice face for radio. I have a beautiful podcast. my dad used to say I have a face made for radio. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about today? Bukowski. Tell us. I mean, he's your idol. So he, talk he, to us about you. A hundred percent. I love this man a lot. I went through a very, very dark, dark, dark phase in my life. And Bukowski was there darker than I was. You know, there's moments where you go through life and you're really down in the hole and you're in the dark dungeons of life. And you need little pick-me-ups, you know, like a little Hallmark card to get you through it. And Bukowski is not that Hallmark card. He is just the opposite. Like if you were, if you're on the edge of a cliff contemplating jumping off a cliff, I would not recommend reading Bukowski because he's going to help you jump over the cliff and and you're going to be like, son of a bitch, he's agreeing with me. Before we get too far down the hole, let's just go over the details. Charles Bukowski, American writer, Born 1920, died 1994. His work addresses the ordinary lives of poor Americans, the act of writing or being a writer, alcohol, a lot of alcohol, relationships with women, and the drudgery of work. So those yeah. are themes in his work. But I want to go back to this thing that you said at the beginning, which was you went through a dark time, and Charles yeah. Bukowski was there, and. Apparently, you're not in the dark time anymore, but there was something in that he was darker than you. So there must have been like 100 percent. You're like, I'm not that bad because this dude is worse. No, I didn't feel that at all. I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was like, um, uh, what's the suicide quote? He said there. I'm going to paraphrase this. He said something like people take their own lives and um, everyone else is left wondering why they ever did it. And it's like kind of like this drudgery of life when he when I'm gonna look this up as we talk. Um, this drudgery of life and how like it's just painful. You know, he's not this beautiful. Um, he's not this. He the way he describes things is very harsh, very raw, very rigid. Um, he's not this beautiful guy that looks at like life as a beautiful uh, being. It's very much matter of fact. It's very raw. Um, he's like Hemingway when Hemingway was drunk all the time. Uh, he's like a grumpy curmudgeon uncle that you have. Um, and Bukowski is just beautiful. Let me find the suicide quote as we're talking. I got it right here. Who read it? The best often die by their own hand just to get away. And those left behind can never quite understand why anybody would ever want to get away from them. Yep. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And so you're sitting there dark as shit, right? And 
I, so let me explain this. So I went through a very, very dark, dark phase. Right. And at the time I was, I was dating Rebecca and I broke up with her and I didn't want her to see any part of me at this time. I mean, it was just, it was just really, it was bad. And she was sliding Bukowski quotes under my door. And this was one of the quotes that she slid underneath my door. And I was like, man, I've never felt so understood before. I've truly never felt so understood. And it was to get away from everybody and it was to hide. And it was to like, um, you know, he's got this book called the post office. Have you read it? No, not yet. And, and so the rumor is, is that um, it's basically an autobiography of his life. Right. Um, he worked at a post office. Yeah. And he worked at a post office and it talks about him as a postman and his love and it was lustful. And it's all, he's, he's not a, he's not this, um, kind, considerate, uh, lover. You know what I mean? He's very raw. Um, he speaks of things very, very raw, um, almost like a womanizer, if you will, speaks of women as, as objects and a lot of this stuff, but there's a raw, a lot of raw emotion behind that. And I think he's done it in a way that a lot of people didn't want to be seen at. And that's why he sticks out. Um, he is kind of the antithesis of, of, a you know, this, this poetic offer. So I think it's just, it's great. So it's, it's, he's, he's my favorite. So one of the things, you know, I I had seen a couple of Bukowski quotes and thought they were pretty cool. I mean, he's written thousands of poems, hundreds of short stories. And so I started because we were going to talk about this. So I watched a documentary about him. I uh, read some of his, of his poetry, which I think is brilliant. Um, I read some of his short stories, which. I don't know. I like his poetry better than his short stories, but agreed. agreed. Said, I was like, okay, so what's the appeal here? Like, why do David and I both resonate with this guy? And I wrote this in my little notebook. CB is our type of person. Very honest, no BS, dark, mm-hmm. open about his fears and fuck ups, mm-hmm. intelligent, jaded, and sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred like, percent. I feel like I, I totally feel like I'm throwing myself in there too, even though he was talking about women like that, but that's only because he had a huge mother wound. Right. And he felt the mm-hmm. ultimate rejection and betrayal from women. Mm-hmm. His mother was a pushover and let his father abuse him. And so, you know, the place he was supposed to be safe wasn't. So how are you supposed to relate to women when that's your, that's your foundation, mm-hmm. you know? safer to objectify because he was happily married at, you know, he had two marriages. One didn't last very long, the other one, but very happily married. When you find that safe space, like Rebecca pushing the notes under the door, mm. that's your safe space, right? That's your, mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. that can a hundred percent that sees you for what it is, no matter how good or bad it is, right. even the bad times, it's like, wow, you know, and before it was really the first relationship I was in where um, the good times were always good, but the bad times, nobody ever came along, you know what I mean? And right. said, okay, I don't know what you're going through, but here, this is, this is kind of helpful. And it was amazing to be there and see it. Um, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Bukowski. Yeah. Bukowski. I mean, I was reading one of his poems last night and I, it was written a long time ago and I thought, holy shit, like this could have been written yesterday. The, the name of this poem is called The Genius of the Crowd. And I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But I mean, basically, it just talks about human nature mm-hmm. and how like human nature in Charles Bukowski's mind is devolving. 
the worst stuff gets amplified. And I think we have seen this happen over the past couple of years, the devolution of the higher virtues of love and compassion and whatever, like people hoarding fucking toilet paper. Mm -hmm. We saw through this pandemic, some of the worst, the worst of the worst. And I think Bukowski could have, he would have been right at home. Oh yeah. He, he would have been writing. Oh God. He's much better. I would say he's much better in his short poems than he is in his short stories. Um, His longer versions of stories are way better than all everything together because he, he kind of, he just drops these little truth bombs um, that are just, they're just beautiful. And um, you know, it's, it's not like he looks at humanity in a positive light. (laughs) I wouldn't say that at all. So it's, I really resonate with him. You know, I like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's there. But wait, I think that he is very beautifully sensitive and can see things. And I think he is a representation of the sacred profane that the two live together. There is this just sort of like raw, absolute truth in the bottom of an empty glass. If you're going to write, he says, drink wine, red mm-hmm. wine. You know, if you're going to do, because like whiskey and all, all that stuff that you just get to blot it, like you can't do it. But there's a truth at the bottom of the glass and the glass is the friend, right? And there's this, it's, oh, we would all say, oh, that's pathological. That's alcoholism. That's this, that is a lot of people's reality. Yep. And there is, and the way that he did it, it was very ritualistic. There's a like a, an element of of sacredness to taking the red wine and then starting off on this journey of writing and trying to capture stuff. So I, I don't know. I, I appreciate that you kind of turned me on to him. He was an unlikely hero and, you know, probably feminists don't like him. I don't know. Oh, no, for sure. But I actually think I think that's the beauty of him is that he is unapologetic for who he is. Did we cover Charles Bukowski? No. Do you want to hear my favorite quote? Absolutely. Here we go. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up. Uh, My movie voice. Yeah. Some lose all mind and become soul. Insane. Some lose all soul and become mind. Intellectual. Some lose both and become accepted. Totally. I read that yesterday and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, like that's, that's deep, man. Like that's, that's a hundred percent. And all of Bukowski, it's funny to me because if you give me quotes of his along those times, I can pinpoint certain points in my life when I read those and I knew exactly where it was and I know the feeling and I could go back to it. And very few authors have that ability to transport me back. Um, I see different authors. They have an ability for me to transport through their eyes, through their lens. Very few resonate with me, um, in the, in that way. And he is one of those where, um, that quote is so specific to a time frame for me, uh, and, and, a, and a time, um, where you feel like you're losing your whole fucking mind and you're losing your intelligence and you're losing everything and you feel like society is accepting you more. And, and he just sums it all up beautifully. And it's just like, wow. And I know exactly that time. And I look back at it too. And I look at it now and compare it to the lens that I have now where things are sunny and bright and happy. 
um, and the clouds are lifted, so to speak, and everything's just more moving and more fluid in my life. And you look at it then and you see it, but it's, it's not, I don't view it as a different way. I view it the same way as, as I first read it. And I love that about him. Hmm. Well, wait a minute. We had this conversation a really long time ago in which you said, I feel more comfortable in the rain. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying that things are sunny and all and all that. I don't know that you take the darkness out. This is this is my point. I don't think we. I'll speak for myself, and maybe you'll agree. So let's say it like that. I didn't get rid of the darkness inside of me. It's still there. The only difference mm-hmm. is that I made friends with it. I faced it. I see it. I know it's there. I am. There's no shame about that. Every single person has it. I'm just friendly with it. We're acquaintances. And so things might be going along well. I might have a very sunny disposition, but right underneath that surface is the darkness. And it's not, it's not like I'm not afraid for it to raise its head up a little bit. Sometimes I laugh because it's needed. Right. What's the what's the famous saying? It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. There you go. You know, it's, it's, this, it's the same, it's that same principle of, you know, it's better to be something really dark and something to be really, whatever you want to say, stick in the adjective there and control it than it is to, you know, deny it, so to speak. And I think that's very powerful when you go into that, just because it's sunny today and I see it as sunny today and things are on the up and up doesn't necessarily mean that that can be dark clouds and rain and pouring down sunshine and a hurricane tomorrow. The difference is, is the hurricane no longer runs my life, right? It's a fluid motion now. It can come through. It can be a part of it. I can see it as a third person. I can watch it transcribe. I can watch it go about and I can let it wash over knowing that if this too shall pass. And that just takes time. You know, that's right. just, I, I don't want to say maturity because I'm definitely not mature. I would say it's just an understanding of life cycles. Yes. And I want to give credit where credit's due because you did the hard work. You were in places where you were like, okay, I'm going to confront this. A lot of people don't do that. Right, right. A lot of people don't confront it. A lot of people don't make friends with it. A lot of people would rather suppress it. And that never really works. Like it's, it's always going to come out in some way. So yeah, it's not just being old. There's plenty of old people that haven't faced their 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 demons and their darkness. Um, integrated mm-hmm. that. If it were only that easy, if only. Yeah, there you go. Bam! Just read some Bukowski. Face your darkness. Everything's all cool. Your addictions will go away. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. So simple. The yeah, Bukowski therapy that would be interesting. Oh, that you would, well, bad. You think it's bad? Let me read this passage to you. Bukowski therapy would be a lot of like uh, a lot heavy drinking, a lot of smoking. Um, I, I believe uh, sitting in the middle of a bar that's very dimly lit in the middle of the morning. Um, you know, it, just to open up the door and be blinded by the afternoon sunshine. Um, I, I view Bukowski, so that would be a very interesting um, therapy, so to speak. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, anyway, people should check it out. Like, I think now is a good time to sense it's sort of the aftermath, the echo of Halloween. If you want to really see some scary shit, take a look in your own closet and mm-hmm. maybe take some Bukowski with you. Yeah. Take them with you. Read a book and uh, drink some wine and, and enjoy it. Post office is a good book. It's very easy to read. Um, 
It's very vulgar. Uh, it's like, but it's not vulgar for vulgar sake. It's vulgar in just the pure raw sense to it. And there's beauty in it. Um, so the, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, see good, you next time. Good day. Good day. If you liked wherever it takes us, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Share the episode with someone who you think would like it. Leave us a five-star rating and write a review. We appreciate it. <laughs>